Well, the way I see it, we were we were just discussing GDPR, and the way I see it, that there was a turn of cards. So it revealed the, that we have rights. But now you're touching upon, do we have the means to exercise those rights? And what can organizations do to help us get means to exercise those rights? Right. And so, of course, I think um, if you look at the EU, there, there's all kinds of developments. Maybe we'll hit upon that later. But if you look at organizations, I really think, just as you say, it's about the flow of data and the free flow of data and, and how, how, uh, not only cross borders, but also cross sectors. And um, it was, I think, one of the parliamentary members of the EU that said, said this afternoon, um, if, if AI is the engine, uh, data is the fuel. Yeah. And we shouldn't just check on the engine, but also on the fuel. And that's, I think, really interesting because as organization, we want to be able to have this data that you want to do all these beautiful things with. You want to innovate your products, you want to deliver better services to your, to your customers. But in order to be able and remain being able to get hold of this data, I think you will have to, to look at data sovereignty because in the end, people and other organizations will stop sharing data with you. So as an organization, I think it's really paramount you look at this paradigm and not just from a compliance issue, but really from a standpoint of what's my position in, in the chain, in the supply chain that I'm in or in the chain that I am with my customers. And I think that organizations can do a whole lot to increase the data sovereignty of their uh, partners and customers. Mm -hmm. But staying with organizations, let's look at two dimensions of it. Why should organizations care for data sovereignty? We do understand from a personal perspective, data sovereignty is important. Of course, if we look at it from compliance standpoint, the Data Governance Act or the GDPR or all these uh, acts and laws that are coming up, we can say compliance, but compliance, we will look at the developments later. But why should an organization say that it's important for them? I think it's a, it's a couple of things. So as an organization, you have a, uh, you have a goal. You, you, you want to produce something, you want to deliver a service. So you have a certain goal. And I think if you look at the developments, you will need data to, um, to deliver your services and, and, and create your products. The world where we were in years ago, that you had silos, that you were that you were a company with a, how do you say it, a fences around it, and you could be a, a a a big company. Those days are over. Solistically, I mean, you know, on your own. Those days are over. Everybody is in a network. You need other organizations. You need partners, and you also need the trust of your customers. And I think the basic word here is trust. So as an organization, why you should focus on data sovereignty is in order to have the data that you need and in order to get it and in order to be able to use it, you need trust, trust from your partners and trust from your customers. And I'm, I'm perfectly convinced that 
this movement of customers requesting data sovereignty will increase uh, tremendously. But you will need this trust because else people are going to say, why should I do this? And then now we're discussing more commercial organizations, but if you look at governmental organizations, they also have a, yeah, um, how do you say it? They, they, they have an extra reason to look at data sovereignty because people have the right. Mm -hmm. You know, if you are sending a letter, for instance, as a governmental organization, I send you a letter, Punit, that because of your income, whatever, you do get some allowance or you don't get a certain allowance. And now you get this letter, which is quite hard to understand. And it, it says the decision, yes, you will get this allowance or no, you won't get this allowance. Wouldn't it be perfect that with one click, you could get to the data that led to this decision? Wow. That for me is really truly data sovereignty. And for organizations, I think um, one of the things we talk about with organizations is digital corporate social responsibility. Yeah. And for me, that is a very important boardroom topic. It is. And there is also the kernel of why data sovereignty is so important. And I think the coming decade, data sovereignty is going to be just as important as CO2 reduction. And I mean, if, if we look back, I mean, we look back a few minutes ago when we, you know, to, 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 to the time when I studied. If we go back a bit longer, uh, when I was in, in, in primary school, uh, we had these afternoons where we would pick litter around the school because that was good for the climate. And that was basically all we could do. You know, there was nothing, there was no action perspective of what, what we could do. Slowly, slowly, you, you saw some uh, organizations advertising that we are a green organization and, but it was merely marketing. There wasn't really something backing it up. Now it's really a discriminator. First of all, there's regulation you have to comply to, but also in order to, to keep your customer, you have to do something about your footprint. And I think in the coming decade, data sovereignty is going to be just as important as CO2 reduction. Wonderful. So you have introduced the notion of, let me amplify that because we just said the four words. You, you are introducing the notion of digital corporate sustainability. That is, how do you manage your data in an ethical, transparent way while giving control to people? That's what you meant yes. in that term, right? Yes. So that's the right way for organizations to approach. So while they are having CSR targets, corporate social responsibility targets, sustainability targets, eco-friendly targets, they need to have digital corporate sustainability target as well, that how do they ensure trust of customer and how do they uh, demonstrate that more importantly? Yeah, that's a good question. And that's a, that's a very, that, that's actually the conversation we have with customers. Yeah. And that is very hard to, to pinpoint being generalistic because let me move to, to let me take a sidestep. So if we have these conversations, we always focus on the use case. Exactly. So we go, we always go to the use case. There is something that you want to solve. There's something that you need to improve. 
there are some costs that you want to reduce. So you look at the use case. And in that use case, you're making sure that you do the things that I just described. Exactly. And, and but something came to mind when, when you said that digital uh, sustainability, sometimes it can be really practical yeah. because we're also talking about data pollution and data leaks. A lot of organizations have these created these great profiles of customers that they think they need in order to deliver services. And then they have this gigantic leak and, and they're in the news bed and get a lot of fines. And one of the cases that we, that we work on now is uh, one of the concepts is what we call um, uh, uh, near zero knowledge proof, which mm -hmm. means why would I need this? And this has really got to do with digital identity. Why would I need to know everything about you, Punit, before I can ship you a mouse or a keyboard? Yeah. Why can't I just only ping you for your address while you put the order? And that would be that I, I would not have to have all this data about you and this full profile about you. So then in those kinds of cases, you would do two things. You can be very transparent to your customers. I treat your privacy with the utmost um, sincerity and uh, the utmost uh, care. And this time you mean it, instead of all these cookies and, and uh, how do you say, privacy statements. And you don't have all that data about somebody, but you can still serve them. So that is, that is an, an example of how, how such a thing could look like. Absolutely. And I think it, it even needs to start probably with a basic for most organizations still. Before you think of digital corporate sustainability or anything like that, you got to know what data you have. So you got to make an inventory. You got to make a record. And once you make that, then you put in the right data management practices, the data governance practices. And then you say, how do I leverage this data? And how do I leverage this data in an ethical, transparent way while giving control to people? So it's amazing to see the language you use, data pollution rather than data minimization, and also you know, the zero-based thinking, because that's in finance, they call it the zero-based thinking. Would I need this budget if I were to start from zero? And that's the same question we need to ask. Would I need this data if I was not having it? Yeah. And, and you say something really interesting. You say, you know, if you have this digital sustainability, digital corporate social responsibility um, policy, you need to know what data you have. And I think that is key. And that's also the conversations we have. This is also about sense making. So what we, of course, see sometimes is that people do all these pilots, you know, a couple of years ago, let's do something with blockchain. Now it's let's do something with multi-party computing. But I think it's adamant that from this vision that you first look at what do we want to achieve, but then take, take steps. We, we have this um, as a pr really practical thing that we use in our conversations, we have this seven step approach in which we say, well, 
you start with what are your capabilities? You know, first you start with creating internal awareness that, that this is a boardroom issue, that you think this is important. We want data sovereignty throughout our company. We want to be such a company. Then you look at your capabilities. Do I have the right people? Do I have the right skills? What kind of data do we have? You know, you optimize your internal systems because sometimes, especially if you look at large organizations, even sharing the data internally is quite hard or getting the data out of some old systems is hard. So what data do I have? And then um, you, look, you look at creating alignment, but also in your chain. So you look at your partners, what kind of data would I like to have? Where is this data? What does it do for the role in, my, in the ecosystem that I play? So there's a whole approach. And then of course, it's about communicating to the outside world, I'm doing this. And offer your customers simple things like a dashboard that they can say, I want to share this or not, or so communicate about it. So yeah, there, there, there's, there's several approaches that we can take. And this is an approach that we take. Thanks for listening. And now we ask you for some help. Take a moment to subscribe and review this podcast. Your support matters. And if you have done it already, thank you so much. Now, if you have questions or suggestions, drop an email at hello at fitforprivacy.com. And finally, if you know someone who will benefit from this, share this podcast with them and help us grow. Thank you so much. Stay safe and see you next time.